Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Zone Defense Podcast. And be sure to ring that bell to get post notifications. Today, I'm joined by Chris and Roman, and we will be doing our deep dive on the AFC North. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this division. I mean, you can see by uh, me and Drew's uh, br- sweet Browns attire that we are very excited. We got the uh, the quarterback and receiver duo. I got the OBJ jersey on that I was able to get last year. And, you know, he didn't perform that well. This team didn't perform that well. But I'm, I'm really excited for the Browns in particular and the rest of this division to kind of see what they can do. Because I think every team has some room to improve. Yeah, you both are really decked out here. Let me pull out my Lamar Jackson jersey real quick. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting division and there's a lot to break down here. Yeah, it's it's one of my, as you can see, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan because I thought to myself, uh, I'm a Lions fan. I thought to myself, what's the one team that's worse than the Lions? And it's the Browns. So naturally, I must just like losing teams. But hey, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but this is a definitely a really interesting division. One of my favorite divisions to talk about. I've as soon as we started doing these deep dives, this was the division that I marked on my calendar when we were going to talk about this one. Um, really, it was it was disappointing teams, uh, honestly, last year. Even the Ravens, obviously, they finished 14-2, best team in football. Lamar Jackson, one of the greatest seasons ever by any football player. Um, but they still, they lost in the divisional round to the Tennessee Titans, the kind of Cinderella Titans there. Um, and really, I mean, it's still disappointing. I mean, regular season obviously means a lot, but if you can't get it done in the postseason, it really doesn't mean anything. Um, and it's it's kind of Super Bowl or bust for this team now, honestly. But you look at the other teams as well. The Bengals, they were supposed to be bad, and they lived up to those expectations. But the Browns were by far the most hyped-up team headed into last season, and they extremely disappointed. Four games below 500, missed the playoffs again. And the Steelers, they were surprisingly decent. Um given all the injuries they had, uh, they had a really good defense, but that offense really needs to pick up the slack if they want to be the Steelers that we're used to them being in return to the postseason. But um, we're going to jump in here to the first team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it's the end of an era there in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is now gone, but it's the dawn of a new era, the Joe Burrow era. And I'm interested to see your guys' takes on Joe Burrow, if you're buying the hype or if maybe you think he's a bit overrated. But uh, let's jump into the additions first. Uh, they had a defensive tackle, DJ Redder, uh, defensive tackle, Mike Daniels, cornerback, Trey Waynes, guard, Xavier Suafilo, uh, cornerback, Mackenzie Alexander, linebacker, Josh Bine, safety, Von Bell, and quarterback, Brandon Allen. Uh, subtractions, as I mentioned at the top, uh, quarterback Andy Dalton, longtime quarterback, left for the Cowboys. Um, also, longtime tight end Tyler Eifert went to the Jaguars. Um, Eifert was actually a pretty quality tight end, um, but just can never stay healthy on the field. Uh, Darquise Denard, I believe Michigan State alum, uh, went to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, guard John Miller to the Panthers. Defensive tackle Andrew Billings to the divisional rival Browns. Uh, linebacker Nick Vigil to the Chargers. Cornerback Tony McRae to the Lions. Uh, offensive tackle Cordy Glenn, who is still currently a free agent. And then they had two opt-outs, defensive tackle jo- Josh Tupoa and offensive tackle Isaiah Prince. Um, and then in the draft, as I mentioned, they got possibly the savior of Ohio, depending on who you ask, uh, the next LeBron, as I believe somebody referred to him as. Uh, that's Joe Burrow, uh, quarterback out of LSU. Of course, Burrow had maybe the best college football season by any quarterback or any player ever last year for LSU. Um, and he's – Got a lot of hype around him. Like I said, I'm interested to see how you guys feel about that. They also added a solid wide receiver, T. Higgins, in the second round out of Clemson. A lot of people projected Higgins to go in the first round, but the Bengals got him with the first pick in the second round. Then they added low linebacker Logan Wilson out of Wyoming in the third round, and then linebacker Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State uh, in the fourth round. 
lot of crazy names here for the Bengals. Um, but this is a team that's probably, depending on how you feel about the Bengals, probably going to be the last place team again. Um, but I, I got to be honest, I like some of these guys on the team. I like the pieces they added. Zach Taylor, I feel like, is an interesting coach. Um, but Chris, why don't you start us off here? What do you think about this team? Well, I kind of want to jump into, uh, I mean, the front, the forefront of the team, obviously, is Joe Burrow. Uh, picking him with the first overall pick, I felt like this was a no-brainer pick for them. I mean, Burrow, I, I don't know if I'm completely sold on him being a generational talent, but I think he's uh, he has a very high chance of being a, a solid starting NFL quarterback, and that, that's a good place to start for him. Uh, they did add, they also basically got another high first-round pick in Jonah Williams, the, uh, the left tackle. So, I mean, last year's first-round pick missed the whole season. He's back. He's going to help protect Joe Burrow, and he's really set up for success there. I mean, they got A.J. Green, they got Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Auden Tate, T. Higgins, and then as well as Joe Mixon, who's a very good running back. Uh, the offensive line leaves a little bit to be desired, but like I said before, adding Jonah Williams is is going to help out with the cause there for sure. And I think uh, I think this offense is going to be very fun to watch. And I mean, the defense has a lot of holes. Trey Wayne's already already injured for the season, so I mean, one of one of their biggest high high target free agent guys is is now gone. So I mean. Not a very good start for the defense. They're gonna they're gonna really struggle like they did last year. But I think this offense should be fun to watch. Yeah, just kind of to sum it up a little bit, like you said, Drew, it's, it's it is a new era. You know, getting rid of Marvin Lewis a couple of years ago, and now getting rid of their quarterback and Andy Dalton. So the team will look a lot younger on the coaching staff and on the field. But I'm really looking forward to seeing the new rival games between Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson. I think those three will give us some really good games in the future. Yeah, I, I think Burrow, um, I'm kind of with you, Chris. I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't know if he's going to be as like the next LeBron for, uh, for Cincinnati or LeBron or Cincinnati's LeBron. Um, but I still think he's a really good quarterback. I do think he was kind of a, a result of that system, that amazing system for LSU as all their players were. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of talent there with Burrow. Um, I think he's going to be a really solid quarterback. Definitely going to be an upgrade from Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton, I think, is a, I think he's not as bad as people think he is, but he's definitely the definition of an average quarterback. And uh, Burrow, has his, his ceiling is, is incredibly high. It's definitely like MVP level, I would say. Yeah. Um, I feel like his floor is relatively low as well. Um, even if he's not an MVP, he's still going to be a, a quality quarterback for this team. And I think this offense is going to really put up points. Um, I, I like A.J. Green. I know he's already dinged up a little bit, but if he can stay healthy, they got Tyler Boyd, one of the most underrated receivers in the game, in my opinion. T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, another really good running back out of the backfield. Um, Giovanni Bernard, too. I mean, don't forget about him. He's a decent backup running back. Offensive line, there are some issues there. Um, I think they're going to put up a lot of points to compete with some of these teams, but their defense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and I think there's a lot of other really good offenses in this division that the Bengals are ultimately going to be probably near or at the bottom again this season. Yeah, I agree with that for sure, Drew. Um, on this team, I think the Bengals this year are gonna are gonna be in a lot of close games because, like we were saying before, the offense uh, is gonna be really good. I think this is gonna be an upper half of the league offense. I think Burrow is gonna have a very solid rookie season, and and he's really gonna sh he's gonna show a lot of flashes of being that generational quarterback. But I I'm worried that he's not gonna be able to take a step up, step up from there because he's gonna be most likely losing losing AJ Green in the offseason. That's a big loss. If Green's healthy this year, he's gonna that's a, that's gonna be a best friend for Joe Burrow out there. I mean, this is a tall receiver, a Hall of Fame receiver most likely, and one of the better ones in the league when he's healthy. So I mean, Burrow's gonna have a a, a love 
he's just gonna have a loving relationship with uh with AJ Green on the outside. But uh again on this defense, like like I said before, it's just gonna be I think it's gonna be a bottom three defense. I mean I but that's why I think they're gonna keep it close. I think it's gonna be able to keep them in game, score at least twenty to twenty eight points a game. That defense is most likely giving up thirty a game, man. I, I just really don't see that secondary being anything more than the maybe the worst in the entire league. And I know we aren't getting to our fantasy uh talks yet, but any receiver playing the Bengals, you are absolutely starting them if they're even a decent receiver. Because that is, I mean, any other team in this division, you have two basically free good matchups no matter what. No matter who the receiver is, as long as he's on the field, he's going to score fantasy points against this terrible defense. Yeah, this isn't your typical uh, worst place in the or worst uh, team in the league uh, team with the first overall pick. I know when you look at the past couple of Drafts, you know, the Browns had a first round overall pick a couple years in a row, and they had several like 10, 11, 12 picks, and uh, the Bengals only end up with seven. So their draft wasn't necessarily the best, but I think they kind of hit some points in the draft where they needed to be hit. And uh, I know a lot of their six struggles last season came from the injuries of Dalton and um, AJ Green. They kind of had some fill in, like Ross had a nice stretch down the middle of the season, but their quarterback play was awful. So I think they kind of got gifted Joe Burrow in a, in a way because they could have easily finished like the second or third pick in the draft, but um, they needed a change of scenery a change of pace quarterback. And I think that's what they got in Joe Burrow. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they're not going to win a lot of games this year again, um, just because yeah. they're going to be a lot of shootouts and a lot of these other offenses I think are better than them. Um, and they're, they're going to be a really fun fourth place team, right? They're, they're going to be like, I, I know agree. you guys talked about the Panthers and the NFC South episode a few episodes ago. Um, they're probably going to be a fourth place team in that division as well, but they're still going to be entertained to watch. And I, I see the Bengals is very much that way as well. They're going to be in, in the games, uh, but ultimately I do. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this guys. Um, I think Burrow is going to struggle a little bit in his rookie season, honestly, because you look at some of these defenses in this division, they're pretty good defenses. Some of the best in the league, arguably, especially in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, yeah. Do you think Burrow is like, would you be concerned if he struggles throughout this year? Or do you think that as long as he shows some kind of strides, um, it, it's no no reason for concern for, for Cincinnati? Yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about what happens this year. I, I do believe Burrow's going to have a pretty good rookie. Season. I think he will probably win the rookie of the year just because he's – I think he's got the weapons to do it. But you're right. Against this division, it's going to be tough sliding for him, especially this year with uh, with a bad offensive line. These, these pass rushers are going to be coming for him. There's a lot of good pass rushers in this division. That's definitely a thing to be concerned about, but I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I mean, I would just like to see Burrow stay out there for all 16 games, show some toughness, make some good plays, because he, he will do that if he's on the field. There's no way he will. He's a very accurate quarterback. If he's got time in the pocket, he's going to make good throws. And, and he, people also underrate his mobility as well. He The guy can move around in the pocket. He's no Lamar Jackson, but he can definitely get out of the pocket, make some things happen with his legs too. So he, he can improvise. That's why I think – he's going to have a pretty good season, even against these good defenses. Cause you're going to look at uh, the Ravens like, like to blitz a lot of people uh, against a stationary quarterback. That, that's going to be a problem, but a, a guy like Burrow can get away from some of those elite pass rushers and make, make some good stuff happen. He's got the weapons to do it. I mean, we already talked about AJ green. Tyler Boyd is also a very good receiver. And this is a guy that is going to be another friendly tart, a friendly face for Burrow as a slot receiver. He's a guy that gets open a lot. Say what you want about his actual talent. I'm not saying he's some elite receiver, but he's very solid. I, I would say so. So I think he really has the weapons to do it. And if Jonah Williams is able to step up, this offensive line might not be as bad as you think either. Um, but, I mean, most likely they project to be a bottom 10 offensive line, but you never know. I mean, I, there's offensive lines that come out of nowhere every single season. So 
So this off, like like I said before, I think this offense has the potential to be a really good offense. It could go very wrong. You're you're definitely right on that, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah, I think Burrow will have a, a fine season as well. You kind of look at Kyler Murray, the first overall pick last season, didn't yes. really have the best season. Still has ups and downs, but I think Burrow will have a better uh, rookie year than Kyler I Murray, even though the Cardinals are the, have the better overall team. But um, I think Joe Burrow will actually be fantasy viable, which you which which is something you couldn't say about you know, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins yeah. for most of the season. So um, in terms of fantasy or even on the field production, I think Burrow will have a, a good season relative yeah. to the past quarterbacks in the uh, first round. Yeah. And we, I, I agree. I think Burrow's gonna have a solid season, definitely some, some downs, but I think there's gonna be more ups and downs and definitely gonna get a lot of those Bengals fans really excited. And they really haven't had that much to be excited about here these last decade for the most part. Um, but yeah, th- we mentioned it several times here. This offense is going to put up a lot of points, especially if that offensive line can figure things out and kind of keep some of these really good uh, defensive lines in this division uh, at bay. Um, so let's, I think it's time to jump into our fantasy picks here. Um, how about Roman? You can you can start us off. What's your big fantasy pick headed into in this in this team in this Cincinnati Bengals team? Uh, I'm so glad you gave me the first pick because the, the main guy that jumps off to me is Joe Mixon. And this is the guy you're going to get late in the first round, maybe early second. You were kind of lucky, Drew, to get him in your draft in the late second, yeah. Um, which I think is a complete steal. Yeah. But uh, Mixon is a complete pass catching back. He's going to be involved in the offense a lot. They don't really have much uh, in the backfield. It should be like a one horse, a one horse competition between uh, Mixon and a bunch of other bums in the backfield. But uh, <laughs> I think I think I think Mixon will be a good RB one in fantasy, and you have there is the opportunity you can get him in the late, in the second round. So I wouldn't be upset with that at all. Giovanni yeah, I, Bernard's I, not a bum, so let's put some, oh, put some respect geez. on Giovanni Bernard's name. Thank you. All right, <laughs> I agree though. Mixon's really good. Yeah, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's a very talented running back in real life. I think he's a, at least a top seven in terms of real life talent i think he's got an elite runner and uh it's all going to be about whether or not he gets a pass catching ability i actually just traded for him in our in our own league from drew so yes. i mean big time trade there so i do like joe this year but i i think he's more of a, a back-end rb1 for me for the he's more closer to that than he is like a high-end RB1. I don't think he has the ceiling as those elite guys, but I think he's going to be very consistent this year. And if this offense is well, he's going to score some more touchdowns than he did last year. That was kind of a problem with him yeah. early. He just couldn't get in the end zone. The second half of the year, he was just running free. They just kept feeding the beast. And I don't think he's going to get that workover. He's getting 35 carries a game. But if he can get 20 carries and like three receptions, he's going to be a top 12 running back. I don't, like I said before, I don't think he's going to be some t- like outstanding guy that's going to win you your league. But a guy that uh, that I definitely like on my team now, clearly enough to trade for him and give up a lot for him. But uh, I think he's going to have a really good season. Yeah, and you, you can like Roman said, you can get that value late. It's just really going to be in the pass catching game. If he can if he can catch some more passes, uh, he could be a top. I don't want to say top five, but definitely top six uh, running back in any fantasy league. And you can get him at a very low price behind some other guys that I think have a lot more red flags than Mixon. I feel like the floor with Mixon is is not as low. Yeah, it's not as low as some of these other guys. You don't really have to worry about injuries too much. Uh, he, of course, had a brutal first half of the season last year, but then he kind of yeah, came on. Half. And we can't overlook the, the upgrade from uh, Dalton and uh, Ryan Finley, right? That was the other quarterback they had last year to Burrow. <laughs> That's Mixon's definitely going to reap the benefits of that, and it's definitely going to help his fantasy value. But uh, Chris, who's obviously Mixon is is the clear cut number one option out of this Cincinnati team. Who's your fantasy pick, though? I like to talk about a guy. I already kind of touched up on him. It's Tyler Boyd for me. Uh, not some guy. 
Another guy that's not going to win you your league, but uh, he's going to line up in the slot a ton. And, you know, uh, last year, Justin Jefferson absolutely feasted in the slot with Joe Burrow. So I kind of see a similar role for Tyler Boyd. And when he gets those slot targets, uh, when he lines up outside, he's not a very good receiver. When he gets those slot targets, he, he jumps up to a, a wide receiver two, or at least a borderline wide receiver two. And this is a guy that I think is getting slept on a lot, kind of like a Marvin Jones guy, a guy that nobody really wants. But he's, he, he can play an important role on your fantasy team. And a guy that I would definitely not mind drafting is my wide receiver three. And he can give you – he can deliver on some wide receiver two value. And you could probably get him around the seventh to eighth round, which I, I definitely like that. One of the last receivers kind of before – there's there's a the mid-round tier where there's like round three for, through like six or seven where there's a lot of good receivers. And it kind of falls off a cliff after that. He's one of the last receivers you can get in that kind of last tier of good receivers that I like that could end up finishing as a, as a higher receiver. So I, I definitely like the pick if you're going to go with him in the mid middle to late mid rounds. Yeah. Boyd is completely a safe pick for me. I, I'm not really taking him in a whole lot of mock drafts, but I certainly yeah. wouldn't complain if he was on my actual team because uh, at, well, obviously going into camp, he'll be the number two behind green. But as soon as green goes down again, which is somewhat inevitable, he'll definitely slot back into the <laughs> wide receiver one spot. And, you know, obviously Burrow is going to contribute to a lot of the offensive success. So, um, at this point, anyone in the uh, anyone in the Bengals offense can can feast a little bit with Joe Burrow. Chris, you stole my pick, and I'm kind of disappointed because Tyler Boyd. I've had him the past few years, and like you said, you can get him super late in rounds, um, and he can still kind of deliver with that wide receiver three, wide receiver two. Um, yeah, yeah, and he, he's he's a really good, decent option there. Um, and you can probably draft him as your wide receiver four, wide receiver five in some leagues. Like he's dropping a lot, and there's not many guys in that range that can have wide receiver two potential, yeah, especially right. if some injuries happen to that offense and he becomes a legitimate option. But even if people don't get hurt, uh, he's still going to be a really solid option there for your fantasy team. Definitely kind of like Mixon, um, definitely a very high floor, maybe not the highest ceiling of some other guys you could take in the range that Boyd is, but he definitely has a, a very high floor. Um, so I have to kind of call an audible here because my pick was going to be Tyler Boyd. Um, and I'm actually going to talk about a guy who we've mentioned several times in regards to injuries. It's going to be AJ Green. Um, he has the potential to be a wide receiver one if he stays healthy. Now, of course, he's already kind of tweaked that hamstring a little bit. Um, and that's not what you want to see, especially this early in the in the training camp in the preseason. Um, but if he can stay on the field, I think he could has the potential to be a wide receiver one. And currently in drafts, he's going as like – a wide receiver three wide receiver four and that kind of range. Um, and there's not a lot of other guys in that range that I feel like have the potential to be a wide receiver one. Now injuries are always a concern. And what I would advise is if you get a top end wide receiver one, um, and then just kind of take AJ green as your wide receiver three, um, that's probably the way to go. You don't really want green to be your clear cut wide receiver two because of all the injury concerns. But I still think green, if he drops enough, um, he could be a solid option there. Cause those are really the three big guys in terms of fa fantasy relevancy um, on this team. Um, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe T Higgins, but it's really those three guys. At least that's what I feel like. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. AJ Green, uh, Drew ended up taking him as well in our draft. So uh, he was Bengals heavy in the earlier rounds. But uh, I do like AJ Green. He can, it's just, it's all about whether or not he can actually stay healthy. I mean, he's already got the minor hamstring injury. Like, what's next, man? I mean, when he gets back out there, what's going to happen? Is his calf going to start hurting? Is he going to tweak something in his wrist? Is he going to tweak something in his ankle? I really don't know. This We haven't seen him play in so long that, I mean, he could just go, like, he could be just, uh, uh, you know, like a, a house of cards where just you move one, uh, everything topples over. Yep. And 
if fantasy value is gone. But if he can if he can regain the health, because he said he was completely healthy going into the season, he can get back to that. Maybe this hamstring is not a big deal or anything. Then he could he could absolutely finish as a wide receiver one. Like I said, I mean Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball a lot, and he's much more accurate than a guy like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton always had AJ Green as a wide receiver one every single year. Green was a locked and loaded top yeah. seven. I used to love draft him and have him on my team. But uh, so I still think Green has a chance. It's it's a little bit lower now. I'd say probably a twenty percent chance to be a wide receiver one. I think he has a about the same amount of chance to just be an absolute wasted pick. So uh, it's a it's a very boomer bust pick, but it could could really work out in your favor in a, in a time like this. Yeah, I expect him to be a little uh, inconsistent out this season. But if you still believe in him to be the wide receiver one on Cincinnati's team, I don't really see a problem with you drafting him as your wide receiver one in fantasy, especially where he's going in drafts and. Normally, you kind of have to take a bunch of running backs first, and then once the wide receiver uh, well kind of dries up, Green is still there. So I only recommend taking Green uh, if you go running back heavy for sure, and then he's normally still there. So you can take him as your wide receiver one. Just know you have to be it'll be very inconsistent. But, I mean, every wide receiver is inconsistent in some way or another. Yep. He's the complete opposite of Mixon and Boyd. With Green, it's a very, very low floor which would be like he plays one game, gets you like 1.6 points, and that's it, and he's done for the year. But he also has an incredibly high ceiling where he could be a top – I don't want to say top five, but top ten receiver for sure. We already mentioned Absolutely. several times already that this is a good offense. Um, and He could be a really good player. But I think that's enough Bengals talk. Um, and we can kind of go into our predictions, standing predictions, a little bit later after we go through each team. Um, but I think it's time to jump into the team that I know. I think I know at least I'm the most excited to talk about. I'm not sure if Chris is the most excited to talk about it as well. But it's the Cleveland Browns. Um, as I mentioned before, they had an incredibly disappointing season last year. Finished six and ten, missed the playoffs again. This was a team that was projected to go like ten and six at worst last year, and were clear cut Super Bowl favorites. Um, and it just everything that possibly could have went wrong went wrong. Uh, uh, Freddie Kitchens proved that he was not a good, legitimate NFL head coach. Um, but they made a ton of changes. They changed the GM. Uh, they changed. I think I believe it's Andrew Barry now. Uh, and they also yeah. added uh, Kevin Stefanski as the new head coach, the former uh, 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 offensive coach in um, Minnesota. So a lot of big changes, and also a lot of, a lot of big changes on the roster as well. Um, in terms of additions, they added. Offensive tackle, Jack, Jack Conklin, tight end, Austin Hooper, uh, defensive end, Adrian Claiborne, uh, cornerback, Kevin Johnson. Uh, as I mentioned with the Bengals, they had a defensive tackle, Andrew Billings, but he did elect to opt out of the season. Safety, Carl Joseph. Safety, Andrew Sandejo, and wide receiver, Jojo Natson. Uh, and then they lost uh, line linebacker, Joe Schobert, uh, to the Jaguars. Safety, Eric Murray to the Texans. Linebacker, Christian Kirksey to the Packers. Tight end, Demetrius Harris to the Bears. Tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones to the Chiefs. Safety, Demarius Randall to the Raiders. And then they also had four opt-outs, but they were more so minor players that probably weren't going to yeah. have as big an impact uh, regardless. Um, and then in the draft, uh, they had one of the best picks in the draft, arguably, uh, with Jedrick Wills, 10th um, overall. A lot of people were projecting him to go top five, and he went all the way down at pick 10. They also got Grant Delpit safety in round two, another guy that dropped low um, and they were able to kind of scoop him up in the second round. And the third round, they got defensive tackle Jordan Elliott out of Missouri and linebacker Jacob Phillips also out of LSU. Um, but this is a team that it seems like maybe the most controversial team out of any team um, 
yep. in the entire NFL. It seems like people are either super high on this team, that they're going to be 12 and four, win the division, maybe make it to the conference championship, maybe even the Super Bowl, or people are all the way out on this team and they're going to be just garbage again. And they don't believe Baker. They don't believe Odell. They don't believe anybody. Um, so how about Roman, you, Chris started us off with the Bengals. Roman, you started us off with the Browns. What do you think about this team? What, what do you think their chances are headed into 2020? Yeah, I think they have the right people in place in terms of coaching and uh, front office and now the players and draft picks. Uh, I know last year, once they got Odell Beckham, I know many people were hopping on that bandwagon. Professional yep. analysts were thinking they would go to the playoffs, maybe go to the Super Bowl. And then week one was a complete slap in the face when they got blown out by the Titans. So <laughs> I remember that, that game. They really brought them back to reality. And uh, this team still has a lot of work to do. But uh, if May a Baker Mayfield has a good a bounce back season, that's kind of all you're really contingent on. Um, they have the weapons, they have the players in place, so uh, they should be all right, but it depends on the development of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree with that. It's going to come down to Baker, if he can take that step up back up to his rookie year. I mean, they, they definitely did a good job insulating him. They drafted, I mean, Jedrick Wills is one of the best players in this draft class for sure, and then Jack Conklin. I mean, they basically just redid their entire offensive line. I mean, those two are, are most likely going to be very close to elite on each side at the tackle position, so like he doesn't have any he doesn't have the offensive line excuse like he did last year where he it, it was all about the offensive line i mean i agree that the offensive line was horrible but he also was just anytime he had a chance to drop back and pass the ball it was just an absolutely horrible pass and obj i, be, I believe he had the most the most uncatchable targets in the entire the, the most number of uncatchable targets in the entire uh, nfl last year so i mean hopefully he can step up a little bit from there but i still think this team has a good chance uh has a chance to kind of break out a year later i mean sometimes it takes uh, there were so many moving parts everyone loved the talent that they got the year before when they, when they obviously finished six and ten pretty tough season but uh i think they have a, a really good uh chance to break out yet again this year i mean they added a lot in uh, in free agency they also added a lot in the draft and then they also were able to re-sign guys like Miles Garrett, who, I mean, as long as he's not throwing his helmet at people, he's still going to be – he's a very elite – he's at least uh, one of the best uh, defensive ends in the entire league. So, like, they're going to have a great pass rush. They should have a pretty a pretty solid uh, secondary, which I don't think enough people are talking about. They, they got Greedy Williams last year, who was kind of a letdown. He was really on and off the field. But uh, they also added – they have Denzel Ward still, who's an excellent corner, in my opinion. And then they added Grant Delpit. So, like – I think the secondary can be pretty good. And then Mac Wilson in the middle of the field as well is, is a pretty solid linebacker. So I think all around this defense is getting slept on just a little bit. I think they're going to be at least a top 15 defense. And if the offense can take a, a step forward with Chubb, OBJ, if everyone, everything can kind of go right, I think they can, they can have a big season. Uh, yeah. I think Baker's the, the, the answer here. He's he's going to be the thing that determines whether or not they are a really good team or a really bad team because the offensive line was terrible last year um, and it was actually kind of terrible headed into the season. Everybody was like, this team could be really good as long as the offensive line can show signs of improvement. And of course, the offensive line was brutal. But they added Wills, who, like I said earlier, was a top five NFL draft talent. They got him at pick number 10. Uh, they added Jack Conklin. Uh, the, the offensive line's not that bad. They got they obviously got a top end receiver in Odell. Of course, injuries are also a concern with him. Um, but if he can stay healthy, he's a top top receiver in the league, uh, as well as uh, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper too. He also kind of got injured there, but he's a decent, solid tight end. Um, and Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I mean, this is a really good offense. If Baker can play well, 
um, which in, in the offseason, he said all the right things. He said, I just lost myself last year. I bought into the hype. I, I feel like I'm more humble. I feel like I'm going to be more professional this year. He's saying all the right things. It's, see, I believe him. Um, I saw a few kind of videos from training camp, and he looks really good. Um, and I think he's going to be a really good player. And I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm buying the hype. And I think this defense, I'm glad you mentioned it, Chris, is extremely underrated. They're going to be a good defense, I think. Maybe not elite, maybe not on the level as like the Steelers. We'll talk about here in a second. But I think they're still going to be a solid defense, yeah. not going to be a liability. And I think as long as Baker Mayfield, and I believe that he will, has a bounce back year, is really good, um, and Odell can stay healthy, uh, I think they're going to be a really good team. I think they have a legitimate chance at knocking out the Ravens and winning this division as well. Wow. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I know yeah. last season the expectations were blown way out of proportion. There's like, okay, Super Bowl or bust, they're going to win the division. But now I think it's realistic to think they could make the wild card uh, and make the playoffs, especially with an added uh, roster or uh, playoff spot. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we can say that the Browns are a playoff uh, caliber team for this season. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it's likely that they're better than that they beat the Ravens, but I definitely can see a roadmap where they win the division over the Ravens, in my opinion, at least. But um, the talent is there. It's just as long as they can keep it, keep things uh, professional, because that was a big thing last year. It was just, it just, it was just madness, right? It was complete chaos. I think Stefanski's a better coach than Freddie Kitchens, which isn't saying much, obviously, but no. I think he's a good coach. Um, and I think he's going to put Baker in situations to succeed. And uh, honestly, as long as Odell can stay healthy, I think this is a really good, really good offensive team. Um, I, and I also, I can't believe I forgot this. Down to Peoples-Jones, too. They got him sixth round, Michigan alum. I Jeez. completely forgot to mention him at the beginning. But, um, yeah, any, any other Browns kind of talk you guys want to talk about before we jump into fantasy picks? Yeah, I uh, just kind of want to – Sorry, sorry about that, Roman. Uh, I, I kind of just want to talk about uh, what Stefanski is going to bring to this offense. I believe you saw the Vikings; they were they were an absolute ground and pound team last year. Alvin Cook, the workhorse back, he was he was on the field every single play, did basically everything for them. I, I believe this offense is going to be very similar to that. I, I think they're going to throw a little bit more than the Vikings did last year because I think uh, uh, Zimmer had a lot to do with kind of also dictating what they want to yeah. do on. I guess, but I still think Stefanski likes to run the ball as well. I mean, he's got another workhorse back, a guy that I actually believe is more talented than Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. I think he's going to be an ex he's going to have an absolutely fantastic season with this team in terms of on the ground. Um, maybe I'm sure we'll talk about him in the fantasy, uh, not at quite as bullish on him in fantasy, but in terms of real life running backs, I think he is an elite talent. I think he's going to run all over the place. I think this offensive line got a lot better. It's only going to make him better on the ground. And they also have Kareem Hunt too. So I'm curious to see exactly how what they're going to do with him. I've heard some talks about him even lining up in the slot, which be, would be pretty interesting, having him as a as, as their third receiver and being able to do a lot. That would make the offense really uh, just really dynamic, I think, in my opinion. But they also have – I mean, they obviously have the two really solid receivers, former college teammates, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, we already talked about, both excellent receivers. Uh, they're set up for success. Let's just see if it, it – let's see if it happens. Yeah, Chris, you took the words right out of my mouth, to be honest. Uh, I know Stefanski <laughs> will do a lot of help to that offense. I know that when they were still when they were still deciding on who to hire, it was between you know Stefanski or um, defensive guru uh, Robert Sala, who I thought they would have hired. Uh, they should hire because I think he'll be a great head coach head coach one day. But yeah. I think in terms of what the Browns need, they need an offensive guru. They need help on help offense completely meshing everyone in the chemistry they have. I think Stefanski was the right hire for them. 
Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun offense. Like I said, as long as people stay healthy. And even I completely forgot, they got Case Keenum on this team. And I know he's not a great quarterback, but you look at when he was in Minnesota, he was like a borderline MVP candidate. Um, wow. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm serious. Like I read articles about Case Keenum, MVP, question mark. He led to the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Like He was really good that year. Of course, he kind of fell apart when he went to Denver and then Washington. But um, he... Like if Baker isn't good, I feel like you could give the reins to Case and Stefanska is at least somewhat familiar with Case Keenum. Yeah, that's how um, they work together. And, and Keenum could maybe lead this team to. A, I, I feel way more confident in this team now that I remember that Case Keenum is is now their backup quarterback. Um, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I I really like this team. I think that they are a. It's it's they're they're the, they're the 49ers of this year. If you remember 2018, the 49ers were like, oh, they're going to make the Super Bowl. They're going to be nuts. And then the Browns, and then they sucked. And then the Brown, and then the, last year they were NFC championships. Almost should have won the Super Bowl. This year, last year, and then the same thing happened with the Browns. Last year they were super hyped up. And then this year, I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC championship. So stop shaking your head, Roman. I'm not saying that. But I think they have the potential. They have the talent on paper to be a really, really good team. They obviously don't have the, the defense that the Niners had. But I think that their offense could potentially be better than that. San Francisco and their defense wow. is a little bit underrated. And I think they could be a really, really good team um, as long as everything kind of goes their way. But, of course, it is Cleveland. Things never go their way. So who knows? This is the exact same talk of last offseason. So I'll believe it when I see it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I like this team though. I really do. Um, and as we're kind of, as we're talking about it more, um, I think we'll, we'll talk about Pittsburgh and I'm interested to see what you guys feel about Pittsburgh, but I think that they're, they're probably the second place team in this division. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's definitely Bengals, Bengals fourth. Um, and then kind of Pittsburgh, Cleveland vying for that second spot. And then Baltimore is probably the clear cut number one, but we'll talk about those teams a little bit later on. Um, let's get into fantasy picks. So Roman went first, uh, for Cincinnati. So it's only fair that Chris, you go first here for Cleveland. And yeah, who better to talk about than Nick Chubb, the, uh, the star running back, uh, he's in a very similar spot to Joe Mixon in terms of, uh, where I kind of see his fantasy value. I actually do like Mixon a little bit more this year because I think he has the upside to catch a little bit more passes, but I think Chubb. Is, the, is one of the best runners, pure runners in the entire league. I think he's going to run all over the place. If you're in a non-PPR league, I'm absolutely taking him in the first round. He's probably a top six or seven running back for me. In full PPR, he kind of drops out to probably the RB12, RB13 range, kind of around kind of how I feel about Derrick Henry as well. He's going to score probably about 10 to 12 touchdowns on the ground with the upside of scoring as many as 15, 16, if everything goes right. He could have that Derrick Henry season last year. I'm not projecting it, but it's very possible. I'm just worried he's not going to catch very many passes and he's going to kind of not give you those big blow up weeks in PPR leagues. That, that's kind of my, my fear with him, but I would definitely be willing to draft him in the second round as my RB two. And I think it's a very, uh, a spot you should feel very comfortable with uh, having him as an RB two is one of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite options. And if he, uh, he has the concussion right now, which may, may lower his draft stock, just a couple picks. I wouldn't even say a round or anything, maybe, maybe to the mid second round would kind of be where he falls. But uh, I'm still willing to take him. I, I'm not really worried about the concussion, as I am kind of the, the Miles Sanders story with him, his injury. I'm not as worried as about Nick Chubb. I Yeah, I, I took the words out of my mouth there when you said um, in non-PPR leagues that he's a clear-cut top 10, maybe even top five level pick. Um, yeah. PPR, though, I, I don't like him, especially where he's being taken, because I just don't think he's – at least in the past, he hasn't shown the past catching capabilities. But um, – 
like you said, Stefanski comes from that ground and pound Minnesota offense. I think he's going to want to air it out a little bit more um, than they did in Minnesota, but I think he's still going to, he's still going to run it a lot. And Chubb's definitely going to reap the benefits of that. However, um, I, I do worry that Kareem Hunt maybe takes some touches away from him. And I don't, I don't really want that out of my RB one when I'm taking him in fantasy. Cause I think Kareem Hunt's going to be a legitimate option here in Cleveland. Yeah. Do you want to go on about him, Drew? That could be your fantasy pick. Or you can sure, yeah. Him. I'll take, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Kareem Hunt. That was actually going to be the pick I was going to take anyway. Um, he's going super low in drafts. Um, he, you're, you can probably take him as your RB4, RB5, most likely, um, depending on how your draft shakes out. But he, like Chris mentioned there, Chubb has a concussion issue right now. If Chubb gets hurt or Chubb has more issues, um, Kareem Hunt could be a legit RB1 option in, in all. In, in fantasy leagues and you can take him like i said super low he's going like after guys like deandre swift david montgomery um guys who do have definite upside but i still think cream hunt has way more upside than those guys um because like swift and, and montgomery for example they probably are top out as low-end rb1s i would say cream hunt like chris said could be a league winner um and i think why not no. take a flyer why not take a flyer on him that low um because worst case scenario he's on your bench and is kind of you know, gets you maybe eight, nine points a week, but you're just kind of around your bench, maybe you have to play him one week. But at his best, if, if things go right for him, if Chubb gets hurt, Hunt could be maybe a top three running back. Who knows? It's very possible. Yeah, I, I definitely like this pick here. Um, he was actually on the other side of our – one of the pieces in the other side of our Joe Mixon trade. So, uh, I mean, for me, I'm hoping it doesn't work out. But I, I also see the, the potential upside with him if Chubb goes down with an injury. The problem is this Chubb's a very reliable running back who has never had any injury concerns. I mean, the concussion is basically the first time I've, I've even seen him anywhere near the injury list, and he's going to be fine for week one most likely. So I'm not really worried about that. But uh, if he do happens to go down or maybe even there's a little more risk with him, uh, every player getting COVID. So if he got it, Kareem Hunt didn't, you can get weeks out of him where he's absolutely a smash top five running back. Maybe he would probably rank inside my top three depending on the matchup for sure. So – Hunt has the upside. In a PPR, I like him a lot more. Non-PPR, I'm kind of out on him just because he's not going to get the ball that much on the ground. But in, in full PPR, he should be at least a flex option for you all season and has the upside even if Chubb go, stays healthy to be an RB2. A back-end RB2 is where I'd say his ceiling is if Chubb plays the whole year. Don't get me wrong. I do think uh, Chubb is a very talented running back, but I think uh, Kareem Hunt is the more, maybe I don't want to say more fantasy viable, but uh, I'm more uh, willing to take Cream Hunt later than Chubb. Yeah, early. me too. I am as well. Yeah, and, I. Uh, yeah, so I think Cream Hunt will have his uh, very good weeks, and you can get him there uh, in the mid rounds, as Drew said. And he does have standalone value. You don't have to draft him as a handcuff, but you can draft him as your running back three or four and get a, a good amount of weeks or out five. of him. Yeah, or five, and uh, it'll be a big off season for him because he should get a starting role somewhere, and he should get paid because he he plays like a running back one. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said, Chris, all the concerns, especially with Chubb being the, the RB1 there, but there's literally no risk with taking Kareem Hunt because he's going so low in drafts that you can just take him, and he offers you way more than any other guy would at that at that spot that he's being drafted at at the moment, which is, like we say, RB3, RB4, RB5. So um, I love Kareem Hunt, and I, I completely agree with you, Roman, as well. I, I As evidenced by the trade Chris and I just made recently in our fantasy league, I like Kareem Hunt uh, more than Nick Chubb in terms of fantasy and based on where they're going in drafts. But, uh, Roman, how about you close out our Browns talk here with your fantasy pick? 
Yeah, I could talk about you know, Landry or Odell, but they're not really exciting fantasy options to me. So I'll just go with Baker Mayfield because normally we preach a lot like on, on this uh, on these podcasts about drafting quarterback late, and uh, Baker Mayfield will be there. So if you're looking to you know not draft a quarterback until the very end, Baker Mayfield will be there for you. And if we're all hoping he can have the bounce back season, I kind of expect him to. You know, you're getting an absolute steal. Yeah, on Baker, um, he's a guy that I don't want to take as my starting quarterback. Absolutely not for me. But um, a guy that I would love to draft as my as my second quarterback, in, even in a one quarterback league, and he he could be that he could have that big blow up season like these other. Uh, it, you know, fancy maybe maybe he doesn't like to run the ball. Maybe he's he's an air it out guy and really loves the way Baker's Baker plays. And I mean, they have the weapons to do it. So if they if they were to go to that like aerial attack, he he could be a top five quarterback. He has that kind of. I'm not projecting it. He's more in my QB2 range, a guy that I'm not really comfortable starting to start the season. But in the right matchup, i definitely willing to stream him. And I see the upside for sure. No, I think I think Mayfield would be a, a nice uh, quarterback one. And if you could guarantee me my team would be more uh, well-rounded overall and then have Baker Mayfield at quarterback, I would I would take that opportunity. Um, it's more more easy. Uh, it's easier to take Baker Mayfield as your quarterback one then take a quarterback mid rounds and maybe have a little hole, a couple holes somewhere. Um, just really quick, uh, they do play the Ravens week one, so that that's I, I knew they had a tough matchup. I couldn't remember exactly who it was. They play the Ravens. I'm not going to play them in that matchup, but if they had a, they do play the Bengals week two. I'd be willing to play them there. So I, I kind of see what you're saying. In the right matchup, I'm willing to play them as my quarterback one, just not week one for me. Yeah, Baker, I mean, same thing with Kareem Hunt. Like, you can get Baker super late, and a lot of other quarterbacks in that range don't offer the amount of upside that Baker does because he could definitely be a top six or seven uh, quarterback because we mentioned before how good this offense has potential to be. But um, I think Baker's going to have a really bounce back, good bounce back year. Um, um, I am relatively high on the Browns, as I've already mentioned, and I'm interested to see where you guys kind of put them in our standing projections that we'll do after we finish up with these last two teams. Uh, but let's jump in now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, as I mentioned, uh, last year was kind of a year of change even before it started. Um, Antonio Brown left, and, and uh, a lot of people were wondering, would Roethlisberger still be good? Will the, would the offense still be good? Because Le'Veon Bell, of course, was also gone. I completely forgot about that whole Jets fiasco and opting out and sitting out and all that. But uh, And then we really never got a chance to see what that offense would be without Lev Bell and Antonio Brown because Roethlisberger was, I think, injured week two, super early in the season, barely played. And they had a mixture of Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, remember that guy, uh, at quarterback. And uh, it, it resulted in them finishing 8-8 eight and eight because they had an elite-level defense, maybe the best defense in the entire league. They almost they were in the playoff hunt until the very end, which is extremely surprising to me when you look at how bad the offense was. But their defense was just so good. And hopefully this year, if the offense can kind of maybe – figure some stuff out, can stay healthy. They could be a, a, a good playoff team and could also give Baltimore a run for their money for sure. Um, but we look at the additions, though. They added uh, Chris Wormley, defensive tackle, uh, fullback Derek Watt, uh, tight end Eric Ebron, and offensive guards uh, Stefan Wisniewski. Uh, and then in terms of losses, they lost uh, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to the Eagles, center B.J. Finney to the Seahawks, linebacker Tyler Matakevich to the Bills, uh, tight end Nick Vanette to the Broncos, uh, safety Sean Davis to the Washington football team, uh, linebacker Anthony Chiquillo to the Saints, cornerback uh, Artie Burns to the Bears, and fullback Roosevelt Nix to the Colts. 
Uh, in the draft, they did not have a first-round pick, but they've spent their second-round pick on Chase Claypool, the wide receiver at Notre Dame, their third-round pick on Alex Highsmith, defensive end out of Charlotte, and then they spent their two fourth-round picks on Anthony McFarland, the running back out of Maryland, and Kevin Dotson, the offensive guard out of, out of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, as I mentioned, it was a very disappointing season for the uh, Steelers last year, um, but Chris, how you start us off here, do you think the Steelers could be a – a playoff team, maybe even a division winner, or do you think maybe they'll be just as bad, or if not worse, than they were last year? No, I think there's no chance this team is worse than they were last year. I mean, you just look at the quarterback play. That's where that's where it begins for most teams in terms of uh, in terms of their record. This is the team that I kind of expect after Big Ben went down, which we kind of he's definitely the biggest addition of the offseason. Having him back is huge. Once he went down, I expect this team to not win very many games, and they almost made the playoffs with the the absolute collection of trash cans at quarterback the worst quarterbacks in the worst starting quarterback room in the entire league i don't even i don't care who you're talking about at quarterback they are horrible last year and i think that's gonna that's why every single weapon in terms of pittsburgh was down last year and there was uh not much not much to go around uh i didn't really like their offseason that much and i'm gonna tell you um the move i really just didn't like is drafting chase claypool in the second round while jk dobbins was still on the board i think that is an absolutely Terrible move, and I think that they're going to regret for years to come because I think James Conner is just a guy that cannot stay healthy, and I really don't like – they did get Anthony McFarlane, which I have some interest in him in terms of uh, a change of pace back. But besides that, I really just – I'm not really a big fan of their running back room. I, I like Conner's talent, but he just can't stay on the field. Uh, Dobbins would have been a perfect guy to just learn under him this year and take over the job next year. So I really didn't like the Chase Claypool pick because I like their receiving core without him. So um, – but other than that, adding Big Ben, really the only huge move. I mean, Ebron, not a bad not a bad pickup there. Uh, probably going to be their starting tight end. Could be a pretty good red zone threat. Uh, Big Ben just instantly boosts the entire offense, and he has a good offensive line, really solid weapons around him. I think the offense should be pretty good, and the defense, like they were last year, is going to be an elite unit, again, last, like they were last year. So this is a team I see improving. Yeah, I'm not going to fault their draft against them. I just got to remember they packaged a lot to, uh, and their first round pick to trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think paid off heavily for that defense, and he had a great, great season. Uh, and that defense really kept them into contention. They were, they were the first team out of the playoffs, so you could say they're right there till the end. And uh, you could also give some credit to Devin Bush, who uh, really came out of nowhere from that uh, their first round selection a year ago, and you know did pretty well as well. So uh, I think Roethlisberger to talk about him. I think he's kind of on his last legs. I do think you know him coming back will help the team tremendously because they had, like you said, trash cans of, of quarterbacks on the field. But uh, I think one more injury and he's and he's down. He's out for the for his career. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I'm not ex as excited about him as maybe many other people were. But it's definitely an upgrade than what they had. Yes. I don't know though about Roethlisberger. I mean, he didn't. Rumors is that he started the TB12 method or the BR7 method, uh, whatever you want to call it here. Uh, we could be like, if he proves to be healthy, I think, uh, I think the offense could be good. Um, definitely not as good as the defense. Um, I still have some serious red flags with James Conner. Um, I think when he's on the field, he can be, ta he's talented and they do have, a, it's, it's aging a little bit now, but they still have a solid offensive line. Um, my big concern though, and I'm interested to see how you guys feel about him is, is Juju Smith. I think, um, I like Smith Schuster, but I don't think I don't feel confident him being the wide receiver one. And I know that was a lot of talk last year with the departure of Antonio Brown. Would Juju be able to fill in that wide receiver one role? Um, and it was hard to kind of see because 
uh, you know, you got Mason Rudolph, uh, who had a dent in his head half the season, and then Duck Hodges. Uh, it's hard to see whether he could have been the clear cut number one guy, but I, I didn't like what I saw, um, regardless of the quarterback play. And I think yeah. he maybe is best as a legit wide receiver two, like a really high end wide receiver two option, rather than like, your top clear cut number one guy. And I'm interested to see how you guys feel about that. Um, for me on Schuster, uh, I while I do agree to some extent that he's not a wide receiver one per se on the outside like AB was, and he kind of needs some help, but he's more of a – he's honestly more of a slot receiver. And he got, was forced into an outside role last year because of uh, a couple of I mean, injuries. And, I mean, they've really tried to use him on the outside because, yeah, like you said, he's not the elite wide receiver one, but in the slot he can absolutely be the top target. So I think he could still be their wide receiver one. He's an absolutely fantastic slot receiver. When he gets to the outside, not as good at beating press coverage, but in the slot yeah. – Best, he's definitely their best receiver. Putting him in the slot is going to help him a lot. And he's got Deontay Johnson to help him out, who's an up-and-coming receiver that I absolutely really like. A lot of comparisons to A.B. coming out of camp this year from him. So I am very excited about Deontay Johnson this year as well. Uh, Chase Claypool, I mean, I didn't like the pick, but he's still got some talent, a, a big-body receiver that should help out. And then don't forget about James Washington either. He made a couple highlight plays and may have been either their best or second-best receiver while the, the crappy quarterbacks were in, he, he was able to make a couple of really big highlight plays for them. So he, he may be on his way out shortly. Uh, that might be why they drafted Claypool, but I still think he has a chance to, to make an impact this year. Yeah, I agree with Chris. I'm, I'm willing to give him a few more years to see how he develops and he needs more consistent quarterback play. I know uh, when we talked about the NFC South, we talked about uh, Jameis Winston getting in a, being in a good position with the saints. I think the Steelers would have also just been a, a, a good position as well. And I think the Steelers are one of the teams where went to have a, a, a play now kind of role. Um, if Big Ben did go down, which I think would, would have benefited everyone else in the field. But um, I think Juju might need a little bit more quarterback play, consistent quarterback play. And uh, yeah, like you said, Chris, he'll be their wide receiver one, but maybe not in, for fantasy purposes. Right. I think that the the defense is going to carry this team. I mean, last year they they almost single handedly carried them to the playoffs, and you, and that was there's more teams in the playoffs this year, and you really don't see that too often where a defense. I mean, I guess we saw with the Jaguars a couple of years ago, but even that offense that year wasn't super bad. But you really don't see a defense just like no. drag a team to the playoffs, nearly to the playoffs as they did um, last season. And if it was the same format as we're going to have this year, the Steelers would have been in the playoffs, and that would have been absolutely nuts. I mean, Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges would have been the starting quarterback for a playoff team. Let's just think about that for five seconds, um, which have been Absolutely nuts. And I think if, if the offense can stay healthy and the defense can be as good as they were last year, um, I think this team could easily be a, a top team in the AFC and maybe even compete for a Super Bowl. Who knows? But I think the, I think the potential is definitely there. But if Roethlisberger gets hurt, if Juju stays on the outside and still not as good as he was or still as bad as he was last year, if uh, Connor gets hurt, if Eric Ebron continues to have bricks for hands, um, who knows? Uh, they, they could be a really problem offense in the defense. They'll probably end up being like seven or nine. With this defense, they're not going to be awful, but they're still going to be like eight and eight, seven and nine, not make the playoffs probably. But um, I, I any other? Rant, I could rant about, uh, rant about Ebron, but I'm not going to. There's not enough time. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast about Eric Ebron because uh, he just loves coming at Detroit Lions fans and Detroit Lions media for some reason. I don't understand why, but uh, whatever. We'll just let Eric Ebron just be Eric Ebron. He, he's a decent tight end, and uh, him and Vance McDonald, it's not like a top tight end room by any means, not George Kittle, okay, Mark no. Andrews, or, or Travis Kelsey, but Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron are serviceable. They'll, they'll give you some options there. Uh, and, and I also um, – 
you mentioned it there, Chris, as well. They do have a decent wide receiving core. They don't have like that top high end guy, but they still have a lot of solid guys, which is, which is really right. good. Um, any thoughts, final thoughts on the Steelers before we jump into fantasy picks? Um, no, I think we're ready for those. All right. So I believe it is Roman's turn. You go first here with the Steelers. Who's your pick? Uh, this is kind of a tough one. Not, nothing really jumps out on the page uh, for in terms of fantasy, but I'll talk about James Conner for a little bit because he bulked up in the offseason. He had a great offseason, and he did have a little risk since he did recover from, I believe, cancer in the past. So he was at risk, but he is playing this season. So um, you know he's going to put it in, he's in there for the long haul. He's going in like the fourth, fifth round, kind of where like Lev Bell, uh, Todd Gurley is going. And I think there is some upside. I don't think uh, they're, they're running back that they drafted Anthony McFarland. I don't think he's going to break in, uh, break out, and you know, eat up that touch. But uh, if you want to draft Connor as a running back two or flex, you know, it's not that bad of an option. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go against that. Yeah, for me, Connor, Connor's a guy I'm kind of out. Of. I'm, I'm fine with being wrong on this year. I'm just, I've kind of been scarred by the, all the injuries he's had over the last couple of years. When he's on the field. He's a borderline running back one. Like, well, he he offers that kind of value. But um, taking him in the first round last year, uh, just was an absolute mistake for fantasy owners. Just because uh, he's he's proven that he, he even without a full workload, he has a hard time staying healthy. And I think he has the elevated injury risk. They're gonna find injuries are gonna find you throughout the season. I wouldn't go hunting for a guy that is more likely to get injured. So if, if he does stay healthy, he's gonna be good. I'm I'm not gonna draft him though. I'm I'm, I'm kind of out on James Conner at any any price, pretty much. I'm just I just don't want to waste my pick. I think I think it's fitting though that Connor is being taken in the same kind of range, a little bit lower than like a Todd Gurley. I personally think Todd yeah. Gurley's upside is a lot higher than Connor, um, mm-hmm. but Connor, I mean, if he's being taken in that RB three, RB four range, um, and you take him and you just knowing the risk, like if you get a top end guy like a McCaffrey or a Zeke um, or a Barkley with your first running back pick, and you take Connor as your third RB. Um, you have the potential to have a really good running back room because the 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 seal or the yeah the potential the ceiling is definitely there for for Connor to really break out, especially um, with this solid offensive line. If Roethlisberger stays healthy, a solid just overall offensive unit. However, um, I could definitely envision a world where he does uh, get injured again. But um, like you said, yeah. Roman, though he, he did have a really good off season. Yeah, if you if, you know fantasy owners last season were disappointed uh, with their Juju and Connor picks, and they both went really early, so. Juju kind of Juju and Connor both kind of fell to the same range as well, and you kind of look at other running backs going in the same range last season, like Carryon Johnson, who was drafted really early and now sometimes goes undrafted. So you can yeah. you, know, you can make the same case why Connor isn't uh, going down in drafts, why his ADP is so uh, high. So I can understand if you want to avoid him. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that's definitely uh, my opinion on that he could end up being a really solid pick for you, but I'm I'm not willing to take the risk going i'd rather take a guy like uh lev bell melvin yeah. that don't have a uh, really long truncated injury risks so I, I, I'm, that's kind of where i'm at this season for uh for players in that range but um i'm gonna get into my neck i'm gonna go ahead and get into my pick and it's it's not you i'm going with deontay johnson kind of already touched up on him a guy that you can get this is this is one of my favorite sleeper picks at the wide receiver position a guy that's going outside the top 40 that i easily could see being a wide receiver too uh like i said before there's been some comps to uh kind of an ab like player here and if if he ends up um, developing some chemistry with Big Ben, he could end up being an absolutely home run hitter for your fantasy team. And this is why I ended up taking him in our league. So I, I'm I'm very excited to have him on my bench. A guy that you don't have to rely on as a starter at all. It's a basically risk free pick for me getting him in like the tenth round. Even you could even reach for him in the ninth round. I'm I'm absolutely fine with that because how much I love the player. Um, 
So I, I'm really excited for him. I think he could end up taking over the AB role, maybe not in full capacity because AB is a, a Hall of Fame receiver besides the uh, the antics off the field. But uh, even if he's 80% of what AB was, he's going to be a very valuable fantasy piece for you. And that you you need players like that that can step up. And uh, so I, I'm I'm all in on uh, on Deontay Johnson as a as a late sleeper pick. Yeah, I mean he's he's going late in rounds. Um, people are kind of really low on him. It seems like not like low on him, but just like he's not a big name guy. Um, and I think you can take him as your wide receiver four, wide receiver five. And like Chris said, he's got definitely wide receiver two potential. So um, there's yeah. definitely a ton of worse guys you could take in that range when you're looking for your last couple of receivers. Um, so why not take a flyer on De- Deontay Johnson? Cause the, the potential is definitely there. Yep. Yeah. Like you said, Drew kind of goes in the same range as Slayton and Marvin Jones and they all have their upside. So you can take either one of those guys and you'd be, just as happy with them as a bench option. So yeah, yeah, Johnson could break out, but you you won't be uh, burned if you if he doesn't. Yeah, because he's you pro- you hopefully have a ton of other receivers on your roster before Johnson. So uh, if he doesn't turn out, it's not not a huge risk there. Um, with my pick, uh, I, I mean I could go Ben Roethlisberger um, because he's going late, and I think if he stays healthy, uh, I mean last year he was healthy. He was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in 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 all leagues basically he was a really good fantasy option and back in 2018 um i think if he stays healthy that potential is definitely there even though antonio brown is no longer on the offense um however and you can get him he's going undrafted in some leagues you can get him way low but the injury risk is definitely there uh juju we you kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about connor uh, he is kind of a post type sleeper pick um if you believe in this offense which i tend to not i i believe in the offense i don't really believe in juju um and but you could get him as maybe your wide receiver two, wide receiver three in some leagues, and I think that's a reasonable price for Juju. Um, so those are those are two picks I could say, but I'm gonna go with the defense because uh, yeah, you need a really good defense um, if you have defense in your fantasy leagues. And uh, Pittsburgh, what I found at least is they're kind of going later, like they go after like your San Francisco's, your Baltimore's, even your New England's. If you're playing with people like like me in our last mock draft, who took New England, uh, forgetting that they had a bunch of players opt out, uh, you can get the Steelers at kind of a low price, and uh, they they could be the best defense in not only the NFL, the real league, but also in your fantasy league. So they're probably my pick. Yeah, on the on the Steelers defense, if you can get them late, I'm absolutely fine with it. I do like the early season schedule. Uh, a lot of potential turnovers. They start against the Giants, which uh, I mean, Daniel Jones is an absolute turnover machine. He may, he could go off. He could stink. I mean, I mean, he's probably gonna throw for some touchdowns, but at the same time, you want turnovers. And then you follow it up with the Drew Locke led Broncos, and that's an that's a matchup I absolutely love. Followed by the Texans, Titans, those are and the Eagles. Those are pretty average, but the Browns too. That's not a bad matchup. So you're looking at the early. That's kind of what I look at for defense. It's all about the uh, the early part of the schedule for me. And uh, so I definitely am a fan of, of, of that start of the schedule, a defense that I would absolutely take in one of the last rounds. Yeah, there's a lot of options when it comes to the Steelers that you could definitely get late, so you can just take your pick. Yeah, that's, I, that's uh, as well. I think the defense is, is a really good option. Like I said, you can probably get them relatively late, at least in the drafts that I've done the mocks and the actual drafts. Um, there's a lot of defenses that go before them, so you can get them relatively late. Um, but let's jump in now to the final team we'll talk about here, um, the defending NFC North champions, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. So as we mentioned at the top, um, they finished 14-2 and last year. We're kind of like the darlings of the NFL. Everybody was in love with Lamar Jackson. Everybody was in love with this team. And then they kind of – 
for lack of a better term, pooped all over themselves in the playoff game and lost to the Tennessee Titans and didn't even win. Again, Lamar Jackson is is 0-2 in the postseason in his first two seasons as they lost to the Chargers two seasons ago. Um, So it's really Super Bowl or bust for this team. Um, I... I'm interested to see how you guys feel. There's a lot of kind of talk about whether Lamar Jackson can follow up his incredible season with another good season. Um, a lot of times some people think that maybe he was kind of a one-hit wonder. Um, the defense is still going to be good, though. They got a lot of options around Lamar. Um, but it's really if, – even if they win the division and lose in the wild card round, it's still going to be a disappointing season. And uh, it's it's Super Bowl for, or bust for this team. Um, so in terms of additions, they added defensive end Calais Campbell, uh, defensive end Derek Wolf. Offensive guard, uh, DJ Fluker, linebacker, Jake Ryan, former Michigan uh, player, and running back, Kenyon Barner. Uh, in terms of adi- uh, subtractions, excuse me, they had lost defensive tackle Michael Pierce to the Vikings, defensive tackle Chris Wormley to the Steelers, tight end Hayden Hurst to the Falcons, uh, wide receiver Seth Roberts to the Panthers, linebacker Patrick on Wowser, sorry if I said that wrong, to the Jets, linebacker Josh ba- John Bine to the Bengals, and then they had uh, D'Anthony Thomas and Andre Smith both opt out. In the draft, they got two of the biggest, I think, uh, uh, surprise steel. picks. Yeah, steel picks. I couldn't think of the word for some reason. Uh, in the first round, they got Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU, and then they got J.K. Dobbins in the second round, running back out of OSU. Um, and then in the third round, they got Justin Metabuke, defensive tackle at Texas A&M, uh, Malik Harrison, linebacker out of Ohio State as well, and then Tyre Phillips, offensive guard out of Mississippi State. Uh, like I said, I said this several times throughout this episode, this is really a team that's Super Bowl or bust. Um, we've already talked about the Steelers have a good team, the uh, Browns have a good team. Do you think the Ravens, are they going to maybe be a Super Bowl champ here this year, or do you think maybe they're, they're, done for, they're, they're due for some regression, especially when it comes to the quarterback position? Yeah, I see this as an absolute Super Bowl contender. This is a team that I would say is in my top four for uh, power rankings, no matter how I look at it. I don't know exactly where they rank, but they're in, they're in that top four. The defense alone itself is this is one of the best units in football. I mean, they, they added, uh, in my opinion, who's going to be an absolute superstar, Patrick Queen. I think that was an absolute steal of a pick from LSU. I think this is one of the best linebackers prospects in the last few years, and I think he's going to prove it right away. I think he's going to be an excellent pass rusher. He may do a little work in the coverage game, but their linebackers are really mostly asked to be pass rushers. It's a very aggressive defense, a, a team that wants to pressure you, wants to get sacks at the quarterback. So in a division where I don't think – at least for the Browns, like the Browns, they're, they're an upgrade offensive line. The Bengals, probably not a great offensive line. Those are teams that are going to really feel the wrath of the uh, the Ravens' pass rush, and that's that's kind of where I want to start. Or even talking about, I'll let somebody else address Lamar Jackson talk. I'm really interested in this defense, though. Yeah, I'll touch on Lamar Jackson for you. Uh, I think he'll be the only reason they might not make it to a Super Bowl. I know they'll probably be the they can have the best record in the league every year, but it doesn't really matter. It just depends on how. Lamar Jackson performs in the playoffs, which so far he hasn't uh, had so much success. And uh, I don't know if he'll be uh, have a lot of longevity like Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he'll be able to get a Patrick Mahomes contract. But like you said, you're at the beginning. Like this is a, a Super Bowl or bust year for him because Lamar Jackson needs to win now, or else he certainly won't win later because of the, all the runs and hits he's taken. And I, I, I think this defense is really good. Um, and I, I think getting Patrick Queen in the back end of the first round. I mean, a lot of mocks I saw, he was going like top 15, top 20 easily. Uh, so to get him as low as they did is, is crazy. They also added Calais Campbell. Uh, they added Derek Wolf. I mean, they got a really good defense already. And it was already a really good defense last year. Um, so they're going to, they're going to, they're going to keep this team in games, but I am 
I'm kind of out on Lamar Jackson this year. I think I know it's kind wow. of hot to say that, but um, he was. I mean, obviously he had one of the best seasons ever last year, so he's not going to do that again. I mean, if he does do it again, that's just insane. Um, but I, I think I believe in that these defensive coordinators have had a season to really because even this rookie year, Lamar didn't play the first half of the year. I think they've had some time to really figure out what these Ravens are doing. And I think they could at least limit the amount that Lamar Jackson can do. And I think they're also going to take some um, take some notes from what the Titans did to him in the in the uh, in the playoffs last year as well. And I think I think Lamar is still going to be a really good quarterback, but I think that he's not going to be as good as he was last year. I think the offense, I could see a world where it kind of struggles a little bit, and um, I think that uh, they could they could struggle a little bit. And maybe they're, they're still going to be a playoff team, obviously, but I don't know if they're going to end up winning the Super Bowl because there are some other teams that I like a little bit more, and I'm worried that Lamar is going to fall off a little bit, and they're not going to be able to recover from that. Yeah, yeah. I, I you can go, Drew, or uh, Chris. Yeah, all right. Um, so on the Ravens, like – with Lamar, I mean, he's he's still a fantastic quarterback. He's one of the most talented guys in the league. I I don't totally agree with what Drew's saying here. I think he, I think this offense is still going to be excellent. I mean, they got they added Dobbins, which can only help backfield. This is a team that loves to ground and pound the ball. I do believe they throw the ball a little bit more this year. They added Devin Duvernay, which is kind of a a, a sleeper guy for me this year. Not in, not on any of my fantasy radars, but I think he can have an impact on this offense. I think he's the receiver. Show that he can do a lot at Texas. And I think he brings some uh, some interesting elements. And then also Des Bryant, who's, uh, he, he may sign there. I, I'm not 100% sure, but if, if he does, I mean, that's, a, that's another uh, another weapon for Jackson to play with. I don't think Des is anything spectacular and another guy's off my fantasy radar, but a guy could have a, a, a couple nice touchdown catches for him. So I think Lamar, while he's due for a little bit of passing touchdown regression, I still see the yardage staying around the same. The interceptions shouldn't just spike up. And I think he will run the ball more efficiently in the red zone. He only had, I, I believe, five touchdowns last year, which is way too low for a guy that had over 1,100 yards rushing. I see him more in uh, the 8 to 10 touchdown range, and I absolutely could see that this year. I mean, you look at uh, uh, Mark Ingram had a ton, a ton of red zone touchdowns. I think that regressed a little bit, but you see him get a couple more, and this offense should be a top-five offense as well with the defense being top-five. So I think there's – I do think the wide receiver room is a bit lacking for the Ravens. It just can't be Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews all the time. And I think that Des Bryant signing, if that happened, I think it would help a little bit because we saw at the beginning of last year, uh, Lamar Jackson did throw the ball more and he was having success. He just needs to have continual success and maybe not run as much. You need to have a balanced offense. I know the Ravens, I kind of compare them to the Patriots in a way that um, in the playoff, their success kind of hinges on having that first run by. And I think the Ravens do benefit from having that first run by, but in terms of how the new playoff format is, only the best team in each conference, the one seed in each conference, gets the bye. And I do think the um, the Chiefs will be the best team in the conference for many years to come. So if the Ravens want to have that success, they need that first run by, or else they can get early exits for many years. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Roman, too, because I'm not really in love with this wide receiver room either. I think Holly, Hollywood Brown obviously has a potential to really break out this year. Um, and if they did, I mean, I think it just came out while we were recording that Des Bryant, his coronavirus testing is done, and he's set to, to try it actually later today as we're recording um, for the Ravens. And I think if they add him um, and maybe as like the wide receiver one, wide receiver two with Hollywood, um, and then Willie Snead is your wide receiver three, and you also got Miles Boykin, you got Duvernay, like Chris mentioned. I mean, that's a decent wide receiver run, as well as Mark Andrews, who's a good tight end. Um, but it's not it's not an elite unit by any means, I don't think, unless Hollywood really breaks out. Um, they're they're going to be a running uh, – 
ground and pound type of team. They're going to run the ball a lot. And I just, I think, I mean, let me just get this out of the way. They're going to make the playoffs, right? They're for sure going to make the playoffs easily, yep. especially with that defense, even if the offense does struggle a little bit. But I think that ultimately the teams are going to realize what, um, how to stop Lamar, especially from that Titans playoff game last year. And they're going to at least slow him down enough to prevent Baltimore from being a top Super Bowl contender. And I don't think they're, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they maybe win a game or two, but I don't think they're going to, they're going to be able to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, but they're, they're definitely still a really good team. I see yeah. them having a very good chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to pick them to win the Super Bowl this year. So I, uh, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely in difference of opinion there. Uh, I think this is an elite team all around. I think Lamar still has room to grow as a passer. So I think uh, even with some regression, I still think he can be, uh, I think he can, he can, Pete is an MVP. I think he has a very decent chance of that. Mahomes obviously probably the favorite in that, but I would wouldn't have Lamar Jackson too far behind him. Yeah, I think this is a big year for Lamar Jackson. I know like players, they they're not worried about the stats, so he can have a, a regressed year. But I think he's more focused on playoff success. So if he wants any chance of getting a contract even similar to Mahomes, which I don't think is necessarily um, in the Ravens' best interest, but if he wants a contract like that, he'll need to win some games in the playoffs. I think I think Lamar definitely has a chance, and I think, obviously, if he's good, the Ravens are going to be clear-cut Super Bowl contenders. I just think um, I think the coaches have learned from last year, and will probably be able to figure out how to stop him a little bit. And I could, I, 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 they're going to make the playoffs, but I could just see them not living up to Chris and a lot of other great NFL experts their their predictions for this Baltimore team that they're going to be really good and go far in the postseason. I mean, that's definitely fair for sure. Uh, we. I could see it happening, but I'm I'm definitely still gonna be a very good team. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Fair enough. I still think I think Kansas City's better and we'll talk about them in the AFC West uh our episode we'll do here in a couple weeks. But um yeah, I, I Baltimore's still gonna be a really good team. But uh let's jump into the fantasy picks here, the final fantasy picks uh, for this episode. Um I believe it is Chris's turn to go first. So who's your Baltimore yep. Ravens pick? And I'm going with uh this is my favorite player from the team and a guy that I actually was able to snag in uh where I would say a extreme value in our fantasy draft is my wife number three. It's Hollywood Brown for me. Marquise Brown. I think he has the I I actually am I'm fully I'm all in on him. I think he's gonna break out and I think he has the upside to have a Second year, not not saying his wide receiver one year, but the second year where I, I believe it was he was a wide receiver nine or ten. Tyreek Hill, I could see him having a very similar season where he gets eleven hundred yards, seven or eight touchdowns, adds a couple on the ground as well. I think Hollywood has very similar qualities, and he went in the first round, so you can see him. They they saw a lot of him. He's the first receiver in a very talented draft class selected by a very good organization. He he dealt with the Liz Frank injury last year, so that's why he had a screw in his foot all season. There were reasons why he was on and off the field and had a low snap percentage last year. I think he is – they're going to really uncork him this year, and I think he is going to be awesome. And that's why I still think Lamar Jackson's going to have a very good team. So I think Hollywood Brown is a dynamic playmaker. And if you watched him and when he was healthy, watch him against the uh, Miami Conference week one, you can see how good this guy is. He just absolutely torched that defense the entire game. And I think he could do that in more than one game this year. And if he does that, he's got to be awesome this year. And a guy I see as a wide receiver or flex option with the upside of being as high as a, a top seven wide receiver. I actually see the upside there. Yeah. When you kind of look at all the wide receivers drafted in the, in the last year's draft and they're kind of all going mid round, they have a bunch of upside this season. I think Marquise Brown is kind of left out of the pack of the Metcalfs or, or the uh, Browns. So you can definitely, yeah, you can get Brown out of value and, 
Um, I think today actually they kind of just get, uh, showed out uh, Brown's uh, post or uh, off-season meal plan. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, either of you saw it, but he was eating like four thousand calories a day, six meals right. a day, and he put on a lot of a lot of weight, a lot of muscle. So um, I think he is the number one guy there. But if they brought in the guy like Des Bryant, I think they could hinder that completely. Yeah, I don't care about Des Bryant personally. Uh, that's just where uh, kind of where I'm at for him. I think I mean Des hasn't played in a couple of years. I'm not really worried about him. They do very. Different. I think Dez would be more of the red zone threat. While Marquise Brown, he's not going to be that red zone threat no matter how much he bulks up, but he's going to be a guy that can take any play to the house like a Tyreek Hill. And he's a very good route runner too. People just think he's a deep threat. He's very similar to Tyreek Hill where he can run basically the whole route tree above actually. And if he can do that this year while staying healthy, I think he is a home run pick. And I am extremely excited about him this year. One of my favorite players going into drafts. I think I think he as long as he stays healthy, and I kind of mentioned it earlier when I was talking about the team. Um, I think Hollywood could easily be a really good wide receiver, not only in fantasy but in the whole league. Um, and even if Dez does get taken or uh, does join the Ravens and is be, like the clear cut number two guy there in that receiving room, um, I, Hollywood, you're, you still have to take Hollywood as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And he's even if Dez is there, he's still going to be a really good option. And if Dez isn't there, or even if Dez is there. Brown still has the potential to be a really good high-end wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, and 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 uh, especially if Lamar is as good as a lot of people expect him to be, and as good as he was last year. So, um, he, he, I, I do worry that he won't be able to stay healthy. Um, but uh, I, uh, he's still a really good option, especially at the draft price you have to pay for him. So, uh, Roman, what's your fantasy pick? Yeah, I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins on this one. And uh, I, I really uh, applaud the Ravens for p- making this pickup. Well, they didn't necessarily really have to. Um, they, they were fine with Mark Ingram. He only had he had a good few years left. But I think Dobbins will overtake Mark Ingram by the end of the year. And Mar- J.K. Dobbins is kind of going where Kareem Hunt is. And I love both of them. So I try to get both of them every draft. Um, Dobbins might not have the workload at the beginning of the season. But if you can keep him on your bench and then play him once he's made his mark on the offense, um, and a run first team, I think uh, he'll pan out greatly for you. Um, on Dobbins, uh, this is a guy that I'm on in terms of drafting. I, I, I'm not really interested in drafting a guy that's going to break out of the second half of the year where he's going. But this is a guy I absolutely want to trade for. He's going to be a guy I look to, ch- to target in all my leagues, targeting for trades and trying to buy low on him in the uh, kind of the middle of the season. That's where I, I do agree he's going to take over his job at some point and be a smashed at least RB2, maybe even RB1. So I think he's that talented. And uh, for a dynasty league, this is one of my favorites as well. Uh, I'm in a couple of those. Sad I don't have Dobbins in any any stocks in Dobbins. Dobbins is a player, but I think he's going to be awesome for this year for years to come. But this year, I don't. while I do like the player and like his opportunity to take over the starting job, I'm, I'm not willing to draft him where he's going. Because in our league, he actually, he actually went in the fifth round, which, wow, I'm – yeah, not there. <laughs> if he were going in like the tenth round, I would be interested. But where he's going, kind of around Kareem Hunt, I'd much rather have a guy like Kareem yeah. Hunt, Montgomery, over him. I I 100 agree with you there, Chris. I think this is a guy who could have a rough first couple weeks just because he's splitting time with Mark Ingram. But then you could trade for him by low, and he could be like yeah. your your one of your top running backs down the stretch and into the postseason um, because he he could he could just you could probably have some owners that are just like, oh my God, I spent a fifth round pick on this guy. I'm done with him. And you could get him from next to nothing. And he could break out second half of the season uh, once Baltimore gives him more of the more of the touches there uh, and they kind of start to move away from Ingram. So I, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you there, Chris. 
I think to um, look at the backfield as a whole, when you look at Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, I would rather have a guy. I'd rather sit a guy at the beginning of the season and then have them break out in Dobbins rather than draft Ingram at the beginning of the season and have him spot out by the end. Because I know many people are clear cut on having Ingram as a as a running back two, maybe running back one, depending on how the rest of your draft goes. I just don't see that. So I think Dobbins has the more upside, and by the end of the season, you'll be more grateful you took Dobbins instead of Ingram. Yeah, I, I think it's like the reverse with Ingram. Like you could take him and then you That's could turn around and trade him. And you could you That's could sell high, basically. Yeah, you could do the same exact thing just in reverse with Ingram. Because I um, think Ingram's gonna have a good start to the season. Yeah. Actually, I believe that's I, I'm. I have the. I mean, it's not a terrible thought, Robin. There's definitely different ways to think about fantasy. This is why it's such a fun sport. But I'm more of the guy that wants that. I would be taking Ingram. I, while I'm not insanely high on Ingram, if I was to take him, I'd be. I'd be looking to ha- hopefully have he has a blow up game within the first three weeks, and then just try to cut to try to trade him to somebody for, for a yeah. lot more, and then go after Dobbins in the second half of the year when his value is at an extreme low, you may even find him on the waivers. Somebody, some probably, owner, probably uh, they pick, let me pick up this other dude. Uh, that, and then you, you, I'd go all in on Dobbins, no matter if, if no matter what week it is, if he's on the waivers at any point throughout the season, cause he's dropped, which I mean, it happens every year. A couple of these players like this get dropped. I'm, I'm willing to spend a lot of my fab, fab, fab dollars on him. Cause he's such a, such a high quality talent player. And I expect him to, over the job at some point this year, which I—that's where I do agree with Roman. Yeah, and I, yeah. I wouldn't—I wouldn't take Ingram as my RB two, regardless if I planned on selling high on him. Um, yeah. But if he—he's a—he's a good RB three, RB four option, uh, and then you could potentially trade him before Dobbins really kind of takes over there in Baltimore. But I agree. Um, I'll jump into my pick now. Um, I want to just mention Lamar Jackson very briefly because I think we'd be—we wouldn't be quote-unquote fantasy experts if we uh, didn't mention a Lamar Jackson and uh he I mean he's I just don't love the draft price because he's going like first four rounds uh sometimes even the first round and uh he's some ways he's a top 10 pick I just don't love that draft price because I think you can probably get a, a decent quarterback later and you could take a, a high-end running back or receiver based on Lamar's going but he's still a really good fantasy option uh with both what he offers through the air and on the ground but I'm gonna go again Back-to-back teams. I'm going to go with the defense. Uh, same with kind of Baltimore. Really good defense. Same as Pittsburgh. I mean, Baltimore is a really good defense. Um, they're also, in, depending on the on the league that you're in, they also kind of drop a little bit. Um, and I think they could be a, a top-end defense um, if you're in a defense league. Um, there's really not a low, other lot of options outside of – we already kind of talked about Ingram and Dobbins, uh, Lamar and Hollywood. Oh, Mark Andrews, too. Completely for Mark Andrews. He's also a good option. But I feel like – I don't know. I'm I, not willing to pay that draft price. Yeah, I feel like the. If you I'm not out, Yeah, if you miss out on Kittle and Kelsey, um, the drop off from Kittle and Kelsey to Andrews is far steeper than from Andrews to like Ingr- Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, that kind of category of tight end, in my opinion. And Ingram, I mean Andrews, he's going like fifth, sixth round, seventh round. Um, and I'm not. I, I'd rather take a receiver, running back at that spot rather than taking um, a Mark Andrews. But he's still going to be a really good tight end for fantasy. Um, so yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't love the draft price. I would rather take Andrews earlier than Lamar Jackson early. I'll just say that because I know that you can definitely. There's every year there's quarterbacks that are going to break out that go really yeah. late. So you just need to find 2020s Lamar Jackson uh, deep within the uh, within the uh, rankings of white quarterbacks and. You know, if you want to take a risk and go, I don't know if it's necessarily a risk, but you'll be guaranteed to have a good uh, week week starter in Mahomes or Jackson if you draft him in the first couple of rounds. Um, it's just a, a waste of pick a pick considering what you could have instead. That would give you a, 
a more well-rounded team. Yeah, I, I agree as well with, with Roman saying, I'm not willing to pay the draft price that Lamar is, is offering. To fall to the fourth round, I'm willing to do it, but he will never do that, including yeah. the draft where he went in the first round with the, yeah. uh, the eighth or ninth pick. So, yeah, yeah, I think it was eighth. I think it was eighth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one he, of the first picks in the draft. Uh, uh, I, I do want to kind of touch on Drew. We didn't really even get to absolutely the Ravens defense. I like them a lot because this is a team that forces a lot of turnovers, and that's always yeah. defense. I'm not really willing to take those good defenses that just kind of shut down teams and they get you, what, eight points a week. I'm not really – I'm looking for upside with a defense like this. And the Ravens, I mean, they have so many playmakers. You look at Marcus Peters. I mean, this is a guy that I feel like houses at least two or three pick sixes every single year. And, uh, I mean, he's not the only one that could do it on this roster. I mean, they're – and they're, they force a lot of sacks. Teams uh, – they're in a division with uh, two different teams that have bad offensive lines. So, uh, this what the – Defense brings, like I talked about earlier with their pass rush, translates to fantasy value. You need a defense that gets a lot of generates a lot of pressure, forces fumbles, gets interceptions. Well, maybe they give up some points to some uh, other teams. I don't think that kind of defense they're gonna give up some points. I'm willing to take that gamble. And they may have a couple bad weeks. I want the, but I want all those big blow up weeks that they're gonna offer you. Yeah, I can certainly acknowledge that the Ravens do have a great defense, but I'm not gonna go out of my way and draft him. Uh, when they shouldn't, when defenses shouldn't be drafted, if they fell to me in the last two rounds, I'd snatch them up completely. But obviously, we like to preach draft quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses uh, late, and you know, don't don't even bother trying to get a top ten defense uh, if you're going to draft him in the tenth, eleventh round. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing with Lamar um, and Andrew. I actually, I've noticed that this Ravens defense does definitely kind of drop in some drafts. Um, but with Andrews and Lamar, I just, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you guys. I just am not going to pay that price, even though they could potentially be the top at both positions. Um, I'd rather get a really nice running back or receiver um, or try to get killer Kelsey before I try and go get Andrews yeah. at that draft price. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for the Ravens. You guys have anything else to add about them before we kind of finish off the episode? All right, no. so we kind of—I mentioned it throughout um, last year. Uh, the Ravens won the division, fourteen and two. Steelers were second, eight and eight. Browns were third, six and ten, and then the Bengals were dead last at two and fourteen. Um, so, how about Chris? How about you start us off here? What's your final standings projections here for the AFC North in twenty twenty? Let's go. Uh, I'll start at the top. Ravens for me, clear cut number one team, thirteen and three record. I think they're going to be just as good as they were last year. And like I said, I think they're going to be my Super Bowl pick this year. I think they're going to win it all. I, I think they have the the defense and offense to get it done. So I'm I'm going with them. I'm very bullish on their chances, unlike Drew. But uh, where I do agree with him though is I actually do think the uh, I think the Browns will be the second best team in this division at ten and six. Probably losing the wild card, maybe maybe get to the divisional round. But uh, I think they take a step forward this year. I think they made a lot of the right moves to maybe compete for this division, like you said. And the Steelers, I also see making the playoffs at nine and seven. So uh, this is one of the better divisions in the league. I think they get three playoff teams total. And then the Bengals, four and twelve is uh, is an accurate amount. I think they will play more like a six and ten team, but I see them losing a lot of close games because they're crappy defense. Ah, uh, Chris, I'm going to go next, Roman, um, because Chris and I, we were almost exactly the same uh, picks, um, except I have the Ravens going 12 and four. They're still going to win the division. And then I have the Browns at number two at 10 and six, uh, the Steelers at number three at nine and seven, and then the Bengals last at four and 12. I could see them being five and 11, but I just think they're not like, 
on paper, they're probably going to be a, like better than a four and twelve team. Um, but it's just that this division's really tough, and they're not going to win many games. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Browns are going to make the playoffs. I think the Steelers at nine and seven could probably sneak into one of those final wild card spots as well. I think there's three really good teams in this division, and I think it's going to be a kind of a dogfight. Honestly, I, I mean, I could see. I know no one else sees it, but I could see a roadmap where the Ravens kind of fall apart a little bit and the Browns or Steelers kind of sneak in there. I don't think it's likely at all. And I think the Ravens are definitely going to walk away with this division. Chris thinks 13 and three, I think 12 and four. Uh, Roman, what do you think? Yeah, I have the Ravens at the top again, 12 and four. They'll win the division. They're not going to get a bye though. Um, they'll finish as the second best team in the conference. Fine. The I Chiefs. agree. I agree. Um, the Steelers and Browns, I have them both at nine and seven. They both wow. can make the playoffs, but I won't really determine a tiebreaker between them now. It just kind of depends on how that season goes and how their matchups play out. But I think nine and seven is fair for them. And for the Bengals, I'll say uh, five and 11, 10 and six. Uh, I don't think for the, the t- two and 14. You mean six and 10? Do you mean six and 10? What? I, oh, did I say 10 and six? Yeah, I was like, whoa, you're, you're really high on the Bengals, baby. Joe Burrow, you're buying the hype. I'll just clarify <laughs> right now. I, I said Miami would be 10 and six. I meant six and 10 as well. Chris was there. He can vouch for me. <laughs> Uh, for the Bengals, yes, five and eleven or six and ten. Um, for a two and fourteen team, they have a better roster than that. And even when they had the first overall pick, they still had, did not have the worst roster in the league. There's many teams by far. I, I think are very uh, much worse. But Joe Burrow will have a good rookie season. Should be rookie of the year. But they will still come in fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I think even the Bengals are going. They're in that kind of Panthers category, like I said, where they're going to be a last place team, but they're still going to be entertaining to watch at least. But um, do you guys have any final thoughts on the AFC North before we wrap this episode up? No, just a really well-rounded division that I am extremely excited for. I mean, probably least excited for the Steelers, but it's, it's still extremely excited about for, for these teams maybe taking steps forward this year. There's a lot of hype in this division, so I hope it just comes into fruition. Yeah. yeah, it was it was extremely disappointing last year, and hopefully uh, this division delivers. I think both the Norse in the NFC and the AFC are the two divisions I'll be watching the most. Um, and honestly, there's there's outside like maybe the AFC East, every division is really entertaining this year. So it's gonna be a fun season in the NFL. But uh, that concludes this divisional uh, breakdown episode. Um, I think we have what two more left to do here. We got the AFC South. Oh, AFC South. That's not an entertaining division. I forgot about that. AFC oh. South and the, and the AFC West. Those are our final two. Uh, we'll be getting those those out hopefully very very soon before, before the season starts here in like three weeks, which is going to be really it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, we're the Zone Defense Podcast. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. Um, we have a ton of different episodes. Like I said, we have all the other uh, divisional breakdowns, AFC East, all the NFC divisions already up on the on the site. We've done a couple fantasy mock drafts. Uh, so definitely check those out if you haven't already. Uh, but thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Peace.